Good evening, everyone, and welcome all 2015 Diversity and Explorations uh, students. We had some of you just join us literally tonight, so we are delighted that you all made it safely, and I uh, hope you've had a good day, those of you who were here earlier. I just wanted to thank our guests as well, the community here at HDS, the current students who joined us tonight, and some of the DivX alumni as well. I want to thank our staff for all their hard work to get us all to this point. And also thank Carrie Maloney, our Director of Religious and Spiritual Life here at Harvard Divinity School for staying late tonight to meet with you all. And I'm really delighted to introduce your uh, keynote speaker, uh, David J.C. Waters. So I'm going to read from David's bio, and, and I'll let him do the rest of it when he gets up here. Um, David Waters is Harvard Divinity School's Schwartz Fellow in Religion, Literature, and Culture. He is combining his academic interests with an exploration of scholarship and teaching as ministry and spiritual practice in the Master of Divinity program. Adative is a native of Manhattan whose heart is in Seattle. He grew up, <laughs> he grew up in New York, Texas, and Illinois before joining the U.S. Navy in 1997. Thank you for your service, David. His academic career has taken him to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign Community College of Rhode Island, Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois, and makeshift classrooms aboard destroyers at sea. After a richly rewarding career, including tours in Japan, Seattle, and Southern Maryland, he left the Navy in 2013 to complete his BA in English from St. Mary's College, Maryland's public honors college. At Harvard, David serves as a treasurer of Harambe, students of African descent at HDS, and is a member of HDS Catholics. David enjoys good eating, as we saw tonight, <laughs> distance running, and hearty laughter. Um, he is enormously grateful for the HDS community and for this opportunity to speak to the future members of that beloved community. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome David Waters. DivX 2015. All right. Is that, man, there's like these, can I get a little more excitement than that? We... Somebody's walking around talking about DivX 2014 was the best DivX class. I'm just, just, just throwing. Is that, is it? <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to get started. Is this volume okay? I'm not blowing y'all out, am I? No? Okay, because I'm a little loud, so sometimes we got to turn it down. All right. Hello, beautiful people. Uh, I am David Waters. I am a first-year MDiv student here at HDS, and I am a DivX alum myself. Now I'm going to ask you to bear with me while I thank a few people. Some of them you have already met, and some of them I hope you'll meet over the next couple of days here. I think you've met our Director of Admissions, Angela Counts, and our Associate Director, also known as Mama Irene. They thought it might be nice if I had a chance to chat with you all this evening, and I appreciate it. I'd also like to thank Sarah Guzzi for running a tight ship with plenty of food. This is important to a sailor. 
and I'd like to thank Beth Flaherty and Julie Field. They couldn't be with us this evening, but uh, they are great office mates and delightful people. Lastly, I'd like to say a special thanks to all of my new friends here, uh, but most especially Carly Mattis, Mandy Rice, Lindsay Franklin, and Shelton Nally. You know, when we find ourselves in a new place, undertaking new adventures, we need people to whom we can speak our truths, and we need people with whom we can share our trials. In the words of the poet, we need folks to whom we can bear our heart souls. These friends have been those people for me, and I am truly, deeply grateful. Now, Real talk, that's what I promised you this evening. Uh, so, you know that moment in the award shows where the actor gets up, always completely unprepared, and is like, oh my God, this is so surreal, right? And you're sitting there like, really? You're a movie star. This is what y'all do. Y'all walk red carpets, you make movies, you collect awards. What didn't you understand about this process? And why are you not prepared, right? Um, so that said, let me tell you why this moment, being here with you, is a little surreal for me. Part of it is because just last year, I was sitting right where you are now, wondering how long this speech was going to be, <laughs> and when I was going to get my grub on. Now see, we've taken care of that for you. I have a few ringers in the audience who are going to like give me the wrap it up if this goes too long, but you've already eaten, so now I've got a little more leeway, right? Part of it is because a year before that, uh, I didn't even know Harvard had a divinity school, much less that I'd be studying here. But real talk, a big part of why this moment is surreal for me is because when I listened to Erica Carlson give this speech last year, I thought, wow, she is a superstar. She belongs here. Me, not so certain. So for a few minutes this evening, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my journey, a little bit about Harvard and HDS, and a little bit about why I love this place and why you might too. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. People often ask, and I'm guilty of this myself, what brought you to Harvard Divinity School? <clears throat> What's your journey, right? And it's a difficult question for me to know where to begin answering. But for our purposes tonight, I'm going to begin with my first ill-fated foray into higher education. So not too long ago, unless you ask Carly, in which case it was ages ago, 18-year-old Dave Waters graduated from Warren Township High School in Gurney, Illinois. Where are my Chicago peeps at, right? There it is, there it is. Got a few in the house. Went off to the University of Illinois down in Urbana-Champaign, and it was great. You could study what you wanted, wake up when you wanted, go to class when you wanted. Not feeling math this week? Maybe go for a walk instead. Discover that psych involves statistics and lab reports? Maybe read some more Whitman for that poetry class. College was great. Until I came home for winter break with a one point something GPA. Now, this is a pretty diverse group. How many of y'all have folks in your lives who don't play? Any, any, yeah, few, few scattered hands, okay. Now here's the thing, my whole life up to that point, my dad was the disciplinarian, right? Mom was the font of patience and compassion, but when I came home on academic probation, mm, mom's from Trinidad. She's, oh, so, so we know what that means, right? She is beautiful, she is elegant, and she knows the value of a dollar. 
so me, not so much. And when I came home having squandered her hard-earned dollars on walks and Whitman, she was not a happy camper. There's other words for it, but we're in polite company here. <clears throat> So even though the University of Illinois had graciously invited me back on academic probation, not so much. I had two choices, and neither one of them involved spending any more of my folks' money or, by the way, staying under their roof. Mom and Dad were all about keeping it real. So there I was, no degree, trying to figure out my life. I could get a job in an apartment somewhere, or as Mom told me, I had an alphabet soup of choices. USA, USAF, USMC, USN, Carrie knows what I'm talking about. Now, I didn't really think I could feed myself, put a roof over my head, and make it back to school based on my job at the mall, so I figured maybe it was time to check out Uncle Sam. Now, I knew three things going in. One, I wasn't gonna be jumping out of any perfectly good planes. Two, I was not gonna be slogging through any ditches. And three, I was really not trying to have an intimate relationship with a rifle. So Army and Marine, that, yeah, I could, couldn't go there, couldn't go there. So that ruled out Army and Marines, and since I had an uncle in the Air Force, I figured this is the way to go. So I called up the local Air Force recruiter, I made my appointment, and I went on over to see him. Now, there's a longer, more entertaining version of this story that involves mistaken identities, tape, a peanut butter diet, but I'll be happy to tell you all that later, right? For our purposes, this is what you need to know. 18-year-old me, I had not discovered running yet, right? So I was tipping the scale at about 240 pounds. So when that Air Force dude saw me roll up, he turned me right around and sent me on my way. And I'll never forget standing outside the door of that recruiting office, wondering what I was going to do with the rest of my life. <clears throat> And it wasn't the last time I would feel that way. Luckily for me, the Navy was a little more optimistic about my prospects. I signed up, saw the world, and eventually found myself in Southern Maryland, leaving the Navy sooner than I anticipated. That feeling I had outside the Air Force recruiter's office, I had that feeling again about two and a half years ago over lunch with Father Mike, a priest from the chapel on base. Here I was at another crossroads. And he said to me, you know, I hear St. Mary's under-recruited this year. You ought to go over there and check them out. Luckily for me, I found in the dean at St. Mary's yet another person who was more optimistic about my prospects than that Air Force recruiter was. I went to St. Mary's, and I finally found academic success. I went to St. Mary's and found a community nestled in the bend of the St. Mary's River who embraced me and encouraged me. I found Christine Woolley, an English professor, who told me one afternoon, I know you love Seattle, but really, you need to go to the best place you can get into. I went to St. Mary's, and in the summer of my first year there, I came to Harvard. My plan for the summer was simple. I was gonna put my GI Bill to good use, I was gonna get a couple of A's on a Harvard transcript, and I was gonna apply to the best PhD program in English that I could get into. I bought my books before I arrived. I read ahead this whole class shopping thing. Have they told you all about this yet? I have never been a real big believer in class shopping, right? People get there on the first day of the class and they're like, oh, I might take this course. I'm like, do you know how much reading is involved in it? Anyway, we'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> so for the first two days, I walked around starstruck. Here I was at Harvard. The guy who'd failed out of the University of Illinois and was still working on his B BA 17 years later 
Then on day three, I was walking through Harvard Square. I rounded the corner where Brattle Street turns into Mass Ave. And there, in front of the CVS, right across from Harvard Yard, was half of Cambridge's homeless population. And I stopped in my tracks, and my world shifted. I looked from those homeless on their benches to the gate across the street that led into the yard. These folks were literally and figuratively in the shadow of the gate. Metaphor slammed into reality, and I realized that the problem of privation in the shadow of privilege doesn't stop when you come to Cambridge or Harvard. There's a quote from Isaiah inscribed over that gate across from the CVS. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. A lifetime of Catholic signs and symbols, and slightly less time studying literary signs and symbols, prepared me for finding a truth that could only be found outside those gates. In that moment, I knew that my time here, however brief, had to be about more than me and my books and my Harvard transcript. It had to be about those people in the shadow of the gate. Less than a block away from that spot is First Parish Church, and I would join the Unitarians there every Tuesday. God bless the Unitarians, I love them. Feeding those same folks I encountered in front of the CVS that day. A few weeks later, one of my professors for the summer, Stephanie Pulsell, would tell me that I should come here and study at the Div School. Now, I think there was a guy behind me that she was talking to. Sorry, dude, like, I took your spot, sorry. But by the time Stephanie invited me to consider HDS, I was already sold. From First Parish's Tuesday Meals program to studying the Hebrew Bible with my new friends at Congregation Eitzhayim, I'd found a new community in the bend of a new river passionately committed to solidarity and social justice. So here's the question, is it real? When I came back here just a few months ago as an MDiv candidate, I ran into a visiting professor at an HDS summer picnic. And let me tell you, she was all about keeping it real. That's another entertaining story, but <laughs> the, one that's, the one thing that stuck with me, or one of the things that stuck me, with me from that conversation was her response when I started rhapsodizing about DivX, right? She told me, yeah, but DivX isn't real. And I laughed. So let's see. Let's take a little inventory. If you come to Harvard, will you eat this well for your entire time at Harvard on Harvard's dime? No, you will not. <laughs> will you get to audit all these awesome classes without writing any papers or doing any homework? No, you will not. Will whatever apartment or living situation you find yourself in look like the Harvard Square Hotel? Mm, probably not. But I'm gonna leave it to you to decide whether or not DivX is real. What I'm gonna do is tell you a little bit about HDS. Now here I said I promised I was gonna let you eat, right? But you've already eaten, so. <laughs> I'll just tell you a little bit about HDS. Who are we here at HDS? It's not about being number one, right? US News and World Report does not rank divinity schools. I checked. So when you get to the top tier, Harvard, Chicago, Union, Yale, Princeton, it's about the character of the place. It's about the ways in which that place resonates with you, resonates with your spirit, captures your imagination, and embodies your ideals. So let me say this. If your spirit yearns to be on the picket line with Cornell West, 
then you need to go to Manhattan and you need to check out Union. Because I did. See, I got some head nods. I checked out Union, right? Rocking that Gothic architecture. Now, if your spirit finds repose in the dustiest, furthest reaches of the stacks, then you need to get on the first thing smoking to Chicago. Where are my Chicago peeps at? And you need to check out University of Chicago because I did that too. But eventually, I came back here. I went back to that spot in Harvard Square and I looked up at that gate and I noticed a funny thing. If you look at the Harvard crest today, it's got its three open books with Veritas inscribed over the top of them. Truth. But above that gate in Harvard Square, the last book on that seal is overturned. It's face down. Here's the truth captured in that older version of our crest. We find truth not only in our books, be they sacred or secular. We find truth in that moment when we put the book down, we rise from our desk, we walk out the door, and we encounter the world. This too is veritas, and we find it in encounter. Jonathan Walton, our PC minister, gives us a second word to contemplate alongside our motto, caritas, love. Not love as feeling, but love as action, as doing, as work. My favorite spot in Harvard is Tercentenary Theater. It's a fancy name for the small quad at the heart of our campus. Now, it's where we gather for commencement, and I hope all of you will have a chance to visit before you leave. Some nights I'll be studying at Lamont, and I'll walk down the path, and there I'll find Veritas and Caritas, truth and love, facing each other across that quad. Veritas in the form of Widener Library with its stately columns, and Caritas in the form of Memorial Church with its soaring steeple. The one houses books to be read and overturned, sources of our truth. The other honors Harvard's war dead, those who gave their last full measure of devotion, of love for their country. Here's the truth. Veritas and Caritas, these are not uppercase Latin abstractions here. They are the profound convictions by which we pursue the study of the sacred and the healing of humanity. If we inscribe them on our crests and build them in our yard, it is because they are at the very core of who we are, all of us. From the eminent theologians and the learned scholars to the overweight kid who failed out of the University of Illinois, enlisted in the Navy, and stumbled into Harvard because someone spoke to him a word of encouragement. Here in this moment, let me speak that word to you. With all due good respect to the good professor, DivX is real. It's every bit as real now as it was last year when I sat in your seats. It's real because it springs from the same convictions carved in our crest, given shape in our library, and made visible in our church. It's real because we find its echo in the overturned book. It's real because this moment is truth and love inscribed not in stone, but in encounter. This is what we find written into the very fabric of this place. We believe this because we believe that ministry doesn't require ordination or even a faith tradition. Instead, we believe with the theologian that ministry is where our deep gladness meets the world's great need. 
ministry is here. Bring your signs and your placards, bring your dusty books, bring your passion and your contemplation, your contentions and your discourses, your prayers and your silence. Bring your entire beautiful selves to this place and I promise you, together we'll make truth and love real in the world. Thank you very much.